Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We're really glad that you have chosen this podcast as part of your student ministry podcast menu. So thanks for that. We, uh, it is an honor for us to do this podcast. And because of that, we want to know what you think about it. We always want to get better. We want to tweak what we do. We want to talk about the things that are valuable for you the student ministry leader. So leave a rating and review. That's probably the best way. It's the way that at least Apple Podcasts has designed for people to leave feedback. So we'll go with that one. Uh, but leave a rating and review. That helps other people find the podcast. It helps us know how to get better. So thanks in advance for doing that. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, and I am here with producer Nathan. What's up? How's it going? Nathan, have you recovered from the snowstorm of all snowstorms that we had here in Nashville. Yes, I have. I uh, it was really pretty. I got to look at it for a while, and that was about it. So, and then it rained and washed it away. So, you know, that's right. Welcome to Nashville. Rain two days later, and we're done. That's right. That's the way. That's the way it goes around here. Well, uh, our guest today, um, snow stays on the ground a little bit longer. Where he is from, I want to take just a second and introduce him. It is Dr. Kevin Jones joining us today. He's on the faculty at Cedarville University. He is a dean and assistant professor of education. He's a native of Louisville, Kentucky, and has experience in the public school system, homeschool, collegiate level of teaching and administration, and has held posts at Boyce College, Kentucky State University, has served as a lay pastor at Buck Run Baptist Church, Forest Baptist Church, and Watson Memorial Baptist Church. Jones' longing is to see fathers build resilient sons and to see teachers and leaders influence the lives of students nationally and internationally, teaching and leading under the glory of God. Dr. Jones, it is an honor that you would join us for the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, brother. The honor is all mine. And if you ever read any bio that long for me again, then I'm going to befriend you. In all the ways that I can. <laughs> That's my fault, though. You ask, you know, hey, this is good enough. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I used to read. I'm like, this like five sentences too much, but it's all good. <laughs> well, what's great about it is that uh, so like our topic today is going to focus into kind of the education part of ministry. Yeah. And uh, what I love is that you are coming to this conversation and coming to your classroom. And I've had the privilege of being in environments where you've been on the stage and speaking, you bring to the table both the academic and local church leadership experience. And so like the majority of our listeners, obviously student pastors. Um, so for them to know that they're about to hear somebody that, that has both of those things, somebody who has led in a local church and somebody who is from the academic world, that's that's a really big deal. And I, I think it, 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 it sets you up well to be able to speak into us today. So I'm super thankful for the experiences that the Lord has allowed you to have, to be able to, to pour into folks as you, as you teach there at Cedarville and, and at other places in the country. So like I mentioned, our topic today is going to focus really on the education part of ministry. And so I would love to just start off with kind of a broad question. Talk to us about the different ways that teenagers learn, that people learn, because, yeah. you know, a student pastor out there may not have done a lot of study into how people learn, but that's a really mm -hmm. important thing to know as we get ready to stand up and teach on a weekly basis. Yeah, yes, yeah, good. Great, great question. Again, man, thanks for, for, for the kind invitation. And 
uh, just the thoughtfulness. And uh, I appreciate it. And may God be glorified from our conversation and our time together. And I do want to say to my listeners, our brothers and sisters, man, thank you all for serving. Mm. Like, you know, boots on the ground, feet on the ground. It's, it's you all that are teaching and raising up the next generation of of leaders. I don't want to say, you know, and, and just kind of pressing into the culture. So I bless God for you. I thank God for you. Uh, some of you all I may never meet until glory, uh, but keep keep pressing on and keep doing uh, good work here. And, you know, with, with the first question in mind, uh, having taught again, you know, I started off my career as a first grade teacher and absolutely love that. Uh, and now I get to teach teachers how to teach teachers, but I, I do love it. So when I think about uh, the depth and the breadth and the ways that God has created us. Right. So God created us to learn more of him. Uh, he created us to to magnify and to glorify him. And so if one would just think about the senses, the five senses that we have, and then like the spaces in which we learn, that kind of wraps our mind around, or can wrap our mind around the way people learn. So so visually, right? Which is, some of these may be new. Some may be like, oh yeah, but God gave us eyes, right? He gave us eyes to behold his glory. And so not only are we beholding God's glory with the eyes that we have, but other people are taking in all hmm. the things around them through learning. And God gave us ears. My mom would say, you know what? You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth and I'll get to the mouth so you can listen more than you talk. And, you know, bless God, some people just learn better by listening. So you can tell a story and a person has it. Right. You can give directions and they have it like go left, make four rights, 18 U-turns. They're like, oh, yeah. And they regurgitate you like, how did you remember all that? Well, you know, they're, they're learning simply by, by listening. And then we have the verbal learning process in which uh, some people you may be in a group with them. Uh, or they could be your family members, your spouses, but they just need to talk it out in order to better understand it. So visually, auditory, mm -hmm. you know, verbally, kinesthetically, that's like a fourth way where people have to be able to do the thing. Right. You, you, you know, you can tell them how to change a flat tire. You can show them a tutorial on how to change a flat tire. But when they do it, then they got it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this those those kinesthetic learners. And I think those a couple other categories we ought to think in. Uh, Brother Ben, as we think through, like those who learn, who learn best in small groups and then those who learn better, you know, solos. We have like the communal learner where they have to learn with people. And then the person who's like, just give me the task. Let me do it. And, and then I got it. So those are a few of the ways that we learn and that we ought to consider how God has designed us. And as we're teaching God's holy and true word. I love that. And so a follow up question to that would be. So I'm a student pastor and I'm sitting and I'm preparing to teach, yeah. uh, whether it be a Wednesday night or, or Sunday morning and whatever environment that is. Mm -hmm. Should I be preparing in such a way that says how many of those five areas can I hit in every session? Or would you say, just make it varied, make sure you don't have the same one from week to week to week, but you don't necessarily have to hit five every time. What, what advice would you give somebody for that? Yeah, I think, I think starting off, we want to just be aware of, of our different learning styles. And so I'd, I'd hate to put the undue burden on a brother or sister to try to incorporate these things. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Every <laughs> time I could just oh think. My gosh, I just heard in this podcast that, you know, the kids can learn through spatially and then try to do it next week. So, you know, no, I, I think, I think what we ought to try to do is be first be aware of them, hmm. right? And then the second thing we want to to learn our students. And so I'd hate for students, for, you know, for teachers to try to implement like visual strategies when 90% or 99% of those students learning their space are actually verbal kinesthetic. 
you know, so my, my first encouragement to the teacher of being led by the power of the spirit is to engage and see what type of learner is in front of them. Now, the difficulty in most of the student ministries is, is that those numbers fluctuate week by week. Man, if we only had the consistency of like, the, you know, the kids showing up every Wednesday, yes. Yes. we could develop much better rhythms. And so first learn the students. And I would say the majority of the students. And then as you learn and become more comfortable implementing different strategies, aim for that. Uh, so if you're a seasoned teacher and seasoned training teacher, my desire, in, you know, as I teach is to try to hit them all. But again, that that's unfair to put on someone who hasn't taught how I taught or been trained how I trained. Sure. So, and it's just nuggets of it. Sometimes as simple as like saying something and then spinning around and writing that something on the board and then maybe having kids jump up for 10 seconds and say, now, now act that out and then sit back down so we can kind of keep going in the learning process. Yeah. Does that begin to help being a little bit? Does that answer your question, Sam? I think it does. And I, <clears throat> I really appreciate the, the approach that you're taking because I do know like if I was listening to this and I wasn't teaching that way, then I'm like, all right. So by Wednesday, I got to come up with all, well, I got to come up with something for to hit all of these. But I, I think it's really important to begin with just being aware of it yep. and then know your students because, mm -hmm. you know, teaching styles, it, it, they're important, but it comes down to relationships with the group of the kids in your group, right? Like yeah, you've got right. to know them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And from that, though, that allows you to tailor into the areas that you mentioned earlier. And so I really appreciate it. I think that is very helpful for people yeah. listening to this. Uh, good. So as student pastors kind of wrestle with and this this sometimes is a topic of conversation, like how deeply can I go with my group of students? Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've heard the the statement over and over and over, like if they can take chemistry in high school, then they can understand the doctrines theology type of teaching in the church and we should not shy away from those things or dumb yeah. down those things but i i would agree with that yeah. <laughs> and also learning at certain levels is still a very real thing a yes. a seventh grader is not going developmentally to be able to learn and take in and understand uh, speaking in generalities, yeah, the same way an older high school student would. Yeah, so how would you advise a student pastor to begin to approach the deeper things yeah. of God's word, the, 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 the theology, the teaching in theology, the teaching in doctrine, when they a lot of times have to stand up in front of a group and yeah. hit a seventh grader to a senior? A fabulous question, fabulous struggle for all of us, right? <laughs> it's yeah, the, it's, the, it's the it's the space in which we live in, and I'll echo you very quickly, and then try to try to dive into the question. Yeah, I think the reality and what people struggle with is, yeah, we deal with all this heavy content in school, and then you know students ought to be able to read, you know, Dr. Tom Schreiner or Bruce Ware's work and swallow it all, Dr. Jarvis and, and you know and be and be and be Pauline scholars by, by the end of the six week study. And that that just does not happen, man. And so I think a few things you, you said it. So I want to remind us, you know, you need to know the students that we're dealing mm -hmm. with, right? And we need to be able to differentiate the instruction in such a way that that does hit them. We have to understand their church, their church background, uh, their love and desire uh, for the scripture. And then uh, we have to understand like the, the natural maturity of a person. So not only the, the spiritual maturity, but we also need to understand 
the natural maturity. The, the one thing that I would trust my, my, my brothers and sisters to do as they instruct is, is to pray more and then not to forget the power of the spirit, right? So <clears throat> the, the spirit does all these marvelous things. Uh, you know, the spirit, it allows us to create. It, it inspires. The spirit reveals. The spirit instructs. The spirit corrects. The spirit rebukes. And so sometimes I think that, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, you know, we're trying to teach the natural man in a natural way without the power of the spirit. And if we fall back mm -hmm. and say, let's reflect upon, you know, Christ's words in John 20 and 21, I'm leaving with you the power of the spirit to better instruct and to better do these things. I think we ought to lean more on the power of the spirit. If we really believe that it's the same power of the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so so the, the, the teacher is teaching and that's the difference. I mean, I teach and I've taught in, in public spaces between me trying to teach out of my natural self, whether it's phonemic blends or world history and then teaching out of my spirit filled self phonemic blends and history. It's the fact that I am being guided by the power of the spirit, asking the Lord to breathe on my words, to shake in the spirit. Uh, of the person that is listening and to and to awaken them, awaken them to the thing. Here's the deal, man. The natural man c can connect a carnality and a love for carnality to chemistry because a, a yeah. high school junior or senior can say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this chemistry class so I can get a higher ACT or SAT so I can get into the best college. All that stuff is carnal, right? Okay. And it's easy to do, right? Paul wars with himself. You know, every yeah. time I wanted to do good, he was all around me. So, uh, so it's easy to want to do those things in some senses, or it's more difficult to do those things that are spirit-led when we're, when we're fighting, when we're fighting the fight of suppressing the things uh, that, are, that, are, that are keeping us from loving more of Christ. It is a spiritual war going on, brothers and sisters. Every single time you open up the Bible, whether it's in First Chronicles or Philippians, it is a spiritual battle going on, and we have to remember that. Okay, that's my short answer. I'll be quiet because no. not I'll man, keep talking. I kinda, no, you're good. I, that was getting me going for the long one. The, 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 the long answer. I love it, man. I I think that's. I mean, even in the approach of of the conversation and wanting to help people understand. Yeah. educational philosophy a little bit to those yeah. who haven't been exposed to those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I am very encouraged in your approach to say, Hey, like these things help and they're valuable and let's yeah. know them. And, but at the end of the day, this is a spiritual realm that yeah. we're dealing with. It's yeah. a spiritual battle that we're dealing yeah. with. And, yeah. uh, you know, there, there are, I'll, I won't, I won't be generalized here. I'll speak for myself. Mm -hmm. There definitely were more moments than I would like to admit as a student pastor that I spent time on the learning styles and the education styles and mm -hmm. all of those things and didn't really think a whole lot about, man, when I step up on the stage in a couple of days, it's going to be a spiritual thing and yeah. not a yeah. impartation of knowledge or scripture or wisdom. And so I would just say to student pastors out there that maybe have shared that same, like, don't shame yourself in this moment. There's always mm -hmm. the next time, but maybe use this moment as a return to prayer, as a return to reliance on the Holy Spirit rather than our own 
gifts, talents, and abilities. I think you can come at it from a righteous motivation, student mm-hmm. pastor. You're mm-hmm. wanting to disciple. You're wanting those students mm-hmm. to grow in their faith. Maybe we should give more attention to the spiritual battle side of this than everything else. And mm-hmm. I, Dr. Jones, I appreciate that encouragement and challenge for us today. Well, Ben, I only know that, brother, because I've dealt with it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I remember teaching through, like, he's, he's an older, you know, I remember teaching through some older curriculums in, in middle and high school with my group. And I'm like, I have tried every single strategy right that i've learned in my in my bachelor's and in my master's degree studies <laughs> like why aren't they getting this yeah and it's like hey hey listen first corinthians second chapter chapter four right you know satan is busy blinding eyes of people right unless the lord removes the blindfold from the eyes unless the strong man comes in and overpowers the, the stronger man comes in and overpowers the strong man we're just we're just sound philosophical, pedagogical people speaking off big words and big terminologies, understanding, rightly so, you know, epistemology and all those things. And it's just like falling on deaf ears. It's yeah. falling on deaf ears, man. So man, I there are there are probably student pastors listening to this who share that same sentiment, who have such a heart and such a desire to for their students to grow and have probably uttered the same question that you did a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Why aren't they getting it? Yeah. They're doing all the, all the strategies, building all the relationships, doing Mm -hmm. all of the stuff. And they're still asking the question, why aren't they getting it? And at the end of that day, Mm -hmm. there is a realization. I, I think from what you're saying of, well, that's because there's still some blindedness. That some yeah. spiritual blindedness that that they that they have, mm-hmm. and that that and that the war needs to take place more in the prayer closet, so to speak, Sometimes, than anywhere yes. else in that. Yeah, and this is not. I mean, it's not. We go we go to scripture. And we see you know Christ hanging out with the disciples and, and guiding them. Yes. and you know he's asking word. He's asking questions like. How could you not understand? How have you been with me so long? I love Christ because he, he uses great terminology. He uses great educational terminology, like <laughs> understand and comprehend and analyze. You know? but see, Blooms thinks he, he's done something with that taxonomy, but it was really just him, <laughs> him distilling from the Bible, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's just like, no, Christ, Christ came up with those paradigms and those categories, right? It's good. But he's like, have you been with me so long? You know, and yeah. so Christ is walking with his disciples who watched him performing miracles and they still were not quite getting it. So I say that to my brothers and sisters listening as an encouragement that uh, people could actually walk with Christ and not get it. So if you're, if your eighth grader is not getting it and they've only been in your youth group for like eight months, Hey, just keep praying for them. Now don't stop the good strategies. I know, you know, poor teaching right. doesn't accomplish anything, you right. know, keep up the good teaching, keep up the good strategies, keep up the understanding of how they're developing but also heavily rely on the power of the spirit. Spirit is always at work, man. And yeah. people talk about asking and getting in crisis. You know, crisis talking about asking for the power of the spirit. So, okay. And the spirit is often you, neglected, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. As you look uh, with that in mind, with that as, as, as kind of the, the, the backbone is that, let's realize and return to the reality that this is a spiritual warfare, spiritual Mm -hmm. warfare. This is a spiritual act. 
and holding in the other hand, let's also have good teaching and let's also do the work on that side. So as we hold both of those things, how would you encourage a student pastor to think about, uh, I'll use the phrase calling up or challenging their students to reach for something more out of their, out of their spiritual life. I think, man, as a student pastor for a lot of years, one of the major challenges, and I know from your local church experiences, you've seen it too. One of the major challenges is just helping them to see that this life with Christ is more than they think it is. Yeah. Is to, to call them up to something greater than just a Sunday or Wednesday kind of faith. Mm-hmm. So the question then is, how would you encourage student pastors to do that, to, to call them up? And how does, how does an, a strong educational learning environment help to do that? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, man. Uh, you know, one, uh, the first thing I think we have to, we have to live the text. So I think our youth, the people in our group and in our home, we, we have we have to live the text. And I think when the youth <clears throat> now many of us are doing that. So I'm just saying we, we must practice. I mean, many of our, our leaders are doing that. But we must first, you know, live the text. Hmm. Uh, and I like that's at the top of my sermons when I write them. Right. It's just like, hey, live the te- live this portion of the Bible, Kevin, that you're about to teach or preach. Because yeah. if you ain't living it then you're not showing them a healthy model or healthy example of how to call up to live above the culture, right? It's not Christ Mm. against culture. Christ absorbs. He demolishes those things. We're living above that. So number one, live it. Uh, The second thing I think would be to to continually point to the sovereignty and the beauty of God and like how learning belongs to God. Like it's a God thing to learn. It's Mm. not some formal K through 12 public or private or homeschool curriculum thing, like learning is done unto God. And and, and no, we, we have to be careful to instill that in our students, that the learning that's taking place right now is to honor a holy and a righteous God. And the learning that you're doing right now is for the service of, of others. And I think if we can, if they can see us live it, and then we can have them want to love God and understand that learning is a God thing and then give them like immediate task, immediate service related task, then they can see, then they can implement the things that they are learning. And that, that would be my encouragement. I mean, I'm sure you've read uh, Magruder's work, Janet Magruder's work and yeah. uh, nothing less. And if you, if you haven't, I'm sure you're just going to say you have right now because she's your dear friend, right? <laughs> and you have edited and do all their work, right? <laughs> I actually have though. So that's good. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to email her and say, hey, question being like right now on, on all the things. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, man. Well, before I bought your study, I would encourage you all if you haven't read that to read to read that in, in our work, in our work, nothing less. But I think maybe the third or fourth thing is like service together as a family. It's like praying yeah. together, reading the scripture and then serving. And so so one of the academic tasks we I think we need to do is, number one, love God with our mind. I said he's given us a mind and then give our students an opportunity to like put some feet on the ground instead of saying, yeah, one day you're going to do this in school or one day you're going to do this in the community. Like, like do it, do it and fail. I'm not saying be poor at constructing things, but I'm saying try something, fail, get back up on the horse, do it again. Like that would be my way to call them up, to call the 11 year old boy up to do something, 
is to do something. Call the 15-year-old boy up to do something. Here's the deal. We know this. Uh, social media is constantly daily challenging them to call up to some new task or some new event to try to do. We need to call yeah, them up right. in the same way. I'm not trying to say match them, but the calling of discipleship Christ called, it was a call to action. Yeah, That's my yeah. short answer there. You've mentioned culture a few times, um, and I, I, I believe that the Christian life is, is not meant to be lived as a separatist from the culture, mm-hmm. but meant to be lived in and amongst the culture. It's good. Uh, you talked about rising above it uh, mm-hmm. as, as well. How much do you, how much do you think connecting scripture and what's going on in the culture with teenagers should be a part of their discipleship. So I'll, I'll say it again from a, from a teaching standpoint, as a youth pastor prepares, how much should helping them connect the culture that they live in with what God is saying through his word, how much of that is, is part of discipleship? Yeah, uh, I think it, it that is discipleship, <laughs> you know, being able to look at, at a portion of scripture and say, uh, like, here is how the scripture speaks to what's going on in the culture. And I don't think it has to be, you know, a week by week, tit for tat. Here's what popped in the news media yesterday. Yeah, so now I'm going to cherry pick a scripture and find it. It is walking to the scripture and say, hey, here's that thing again. Like, here, here's that honoring the Lord with your whole mind again. Here's the honor the Lord with your mouth. Here's honoring the Lord with your actions. Here's the honoring the Lord with your body. And we can see that when the way Paul writes to both Timothy, Timothy and Titus when he's talking to those young men in their churches. Right. You know, we look at, at, at uh, Second Timothy, chapter two, I believe, where he's in he, he's encouraging Timothy in some things, you know, pretty particular. Same thing in Titus, chapter two, you know, calling them to to stand up, to raise up uh, to what Christ is calling them to. In short, the scripture has an answer for every single thing that is taking place in the culture. And the scripture even tells us that God always offers us a way out of the things that are peer pressuring us, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, into doing things that are in opposition to what the scripture is calling us to. But, but that means that we need to, as, as leaders, here, here's a cognitive skill now, we need to ask good questions, mm. right? So sometimes as a leaders, we need to like close our mouths for a moment, right? And a good cognitive strategy is to ask good questions. Uh, I think it was I think it was Maxwell's book, Good Leaders Ask Good Questions. And in this book, he's walking through a bunch of the questions that he asked in order to kind of direct uh, some good, healthy discussions. So we need to ask questions of the students that we're serving, give an opportunity to listen to them and then be able to demolish those worldly arguments with the scripture that the Lord has filled us with by the power of the spirit. That's good. As you think about the, the task of being a student pastor or being a children's pastor. Yeah. um, And you think about all of the many things that are on, that are on their plates. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we kind of come back to, frequently here is, uh, developing themselves. Yeah. Continuing to grow personal Bible study, being in the scripture for themselves outside of preparing to teach those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. What would you kind of put on a, 
ways to continue growing as a leader, ways to continue growing as a pastor in your role? How would you, what would you put on that list for us of things for them to consider doing? Well, I'm going to put on the list of things I try to practice. Okay. So if I blow this, if if I blow this list then I blow my life and then we got issues, (laughs) right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I just said, you got to live it, right? I just said, you got to walk the walk, right? So yes, yes. uh, You know, first thing I think from a teaching perspective is that I would say just read, read good books about teaching. All right. So I've alluded to a little bit uh, today, but I would recommend, I mean, I just said, you know, good leaders ask good questions. I would recommend a book like these are academic books. Right. And, and so I would recommend, uh, recommend small teaching, a book by Lang. And it, it talks about the, the neuroscience of how the brain understands concepts. Right. It talks mm-hmm. about wait time and processing time and the ebb and flow of, you know, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of direct instruction. The brain's going to take a little bit of a lull and then, you know, how to hit it in the peak moments of learning. And so I, I would recommend like good academic, good academic books like that. Another another book I would I would recommend is um, uh, Fifty Strategies. It's called the Discussion Book: Fifty Great Strategies to Get People Talking. I may have botched that title. Uh, it's by Brookfield, and it's just really ways to get to get people in in the room talking. What I think what many leaders will know is we shouldn't assume what our youth are thinking. We need to we need to hear from them, and so these books kind of point to that. Number one read good academic books. And I would just say like one or two a year. I know our reading, I know we're, we're called to read a lot. I'm not saying you got to read 10 next year. Yeah. Simply saying pick one, read one over the year, right? Second thing I would encourage uh, teachers is to watch good teaching. Mm-hmm. Like find, find, a, find a teacher that you know. Like I think we all probably have those teachers in our churches and in our communities where people just like flock to like, man, why is there, why is their class always sold out? You know, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, right. Well, yeah. They're doing something right. So I would encourage uh, my, my teachers to watch good teaching. And we practice that. We practice that when we were at Southern Seminary and Boys College. I practice it now at Cedarville. Sometimes, you know, students are surprised when other faculty walk into my class or I'll walk into other faculties. I see, and I tell them, hey, they're here to watch me teach and they're going to tell me how to get better. Hmm. And and that's just why those guys, men and women, both come in to watch me. Number one, read good books. Number two, I would say, uh, you know, watch, watch good teaching. And then number three, always reflect after the lesson. Some of us, again, we talk about our learning processes verbally, auditory. Some need to write it out. Just write out a written reflection. Think through a written, think through a reflection. Say, hey, what, what do I need to improve upon? What do I need to do better uh, next week. Those are a few of the things that I would encourage outside of, of course, what I you know, answering question number two or number one, talking about leaning to and resting in the power of the spirit and yeah. deep intakes of scripture every day and being attentive. Like, yeah, you got to be at church. You have to be, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. because you're a leader and you teach, don't we? you like, you know, you just skip out on the days that, you know, no, show up and, uh, and be involved in the life uh, of the ministry in the local church. Yeah. Well, Dr. Jones, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for pouring into us today, uh, pouring into the the audience of the podcast today. I know uh, as we talked a little bit before we pressed record, everybody, and uh, school starts like tomorrow for, doc- <laughs> for Dr. Jones. So to get him in this moment is a, is a really cool thing. So thank you for being a part of this. We appreciate you giving your time. And you all, thank you so much, brother, for having me. And I pray that uh, my words, feeble words can be used to 
strengthen the church and encourage our brothers and sisters who are fighting the daily fight to instill good discipleship and, and ministry into our students. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. And hang right there, everybody. Producer Nathan and I will be right back after this quick message. Hey, I want to take a quick second just to remind you about summer camp. I know, I know many of you don't need to be reminded you are already deep into planning summer and it's going to be one of the best ever. I really believe that God's up to something special and many times uses an environment like summer camp to see that very special thing. And so uh, just think for a second, how many of you came to know the Lord or were called to ministry or had some significant spiritual moment at summer camp? Well, it is a tremendous honor to serve many of you through the summer camp ministries that we offer from Lifeway students, Fuge Camp at Fuge.com and Student Life at StudentLifeCamp.com. You can go to both of those places and see all of the uh, locations that we have, the venues, the speakers, the worship bands. We would love to be able to serve you with summer camp. We can take all of the planning. We can take all of the logistics off your plate. And all you have to do is show up. You and your leaders have a great week with your students. So we would love to serve you. You can check it out at fuge.com and studentlife.com for your camp needs. We hope to see you this summer. All right, producer Nathan, that was a big time episode because Dr. Jones is amazing. It was. Yes, he is. I, I mean, first of all, he has like an advantage because his name is literally Dr. Jones. So <laughs> that's right. cool in and of itself. Um, but he is just a tremendous person. Um, and like I said in the episode, brings a wealth of knowledge of local church leadership as well as educational framework and instruction from the academic world. So he can bring all of that to bear in an episode like this. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the question that we ask in this moment is, what are you walking <laughs> away with? I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear what you were thinking. Yeah, a couple things I, I put down um, was the whole you'd ask the question you know how can we help call students up which is something that we've we've talked about quite a bit in several different contexts but i think it's still important to continue to call students up and i think part of that comes through that what kind of got my mind going was he was talking about it was that culture is constantly calling them up like almost every bit of advertising campaigns all that kind of stuff is saying hey you can do this like like literally that has been nike's ad right for years you know just just do it like so students know like they know how to work hard like we've got students playing take for example aau ball or maybe they're they're trying to make it into like the best band thing and so like they've got to do regular practice plus extra practice like they know how to right. work hard like we see students work hard so i think his point there which i thought was so good was like why aren't we challenging them to work hard for the sake of learning? And and I think he said it really well, like learning to help serve others, learning so that you can grow deeper in your walk with Christ. I think sometimes we say, hey, we need to learn this and they equate learning with what they get in school. Like he used the example of or maybe you did of like chemistry. It's like I kind of had that like I don't need chemistry. I'm not going to be a chemist. So what does it really matter? You know, so I think sometimes students have a negative context for learning when we need to talk about it in a much more positive light and really call them up. So that was that was one of the things I had that I was really kind of taken away from is like, man, let's really challenge students because society's doing and they're we see them rising to the call on many other occasions. Yeah. Take some clear. Here's an action to take. Here's something you can do with this. What we've just mm -hmm. talked about. I want to mention just a couple of things. Uh, the books that he talked about, one is Small Teaching by James Lang. And the second one he mentioned was 
the discussion book, 50 Great Ways to Get People Talking uh, by Stephen Brookfield. So two resources that he mentioned. I haven't read either of those. And man, it sounds, I think I'm going to grab, I'm going to start with the smart, uh, small teaching one because that sounded like a really, really great mm-hmm. place to focus. Uh, so student pastors, those were the two books that he mentioned just to kind of capture that information for you again, small teaching by James Lang and discussion book by Brookfield. So make sure you check those out. Uh, I think it's his advice to us to continue to read and to, to just pick one or two of a certain genre and, and do that for the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Certainly he reads more than that. You could tell just by spending a couple times, <laughs> uh, a couple minutes, a couple minutes with the guy. Um, Man, I was continually drawn back to, and this is kind of my takeaway, you know, we went into this episode wanting to have a conversation about uh, educational philosophy and like, let's have, let's talk about a couple things that uh, student pastors can take from the academic world and apply those to their ministry. Maybe things that, that mm-hmm. aren't exposed, that a lot of student pastors aren't exposed to uh, from an educational standpoint or educational framework or pedagogy perspective. But, and we, he did that. He talked about those things. But at the same time, continually brought it back to, hey, the reality is this is spiritual. This is a spiritual battle. We've got to move and teach and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's just really refreshing to me uh, that 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 was the continued approach. Like, yes, let's talk about these things. Let's continue to school ourselves on these things. Let's get better Mm -hmm. at these things. But at the end of the day, that's not all that it is. And yep. I, I was, I was challenged there. Uh, student pastors, I hope this is one that kind of gets your wheels turning a little bit, gets you uh, a little bit different angle than what we take sometimes here on the podcast. Super grateful for Dr. Jones and spending some time with us. Uh, we will have him on again in the future for sure. All right. This has been another episode of the student ministry podcast by Lifeway. We will see you next time.